I'd have him over Bruno. Would you? Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. Right, I'll see you later. I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> Bruno gets criminally disrespected. I would He's have him over Bruno. Classic player. You are listening to House of Football, brought to you by Sports Joe and William Hill. Hello, I'm Eric Lawler. Welcome to episode 24 of House of Football with William Hill and Sports Joe. Delighted to say in studio, joining me this week are Alan Cawley and Philly McMahon. Lads, you're very welcome. Alan, I always see you, so I'm not going to spend too much time talking to you. you I'm going to turn to me, uh, <laughs> yeah. turn to me pal here you from Bally talk to me as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Philly McMahon. Yeah. Uh, Philly, how's life, Philly? How's things? How's the gym going? And how's the, it's the new business? How's the wobble? Wobble, yeah. Wobble Cafe is doing really well. Yeah. Um, it's a genius idea, uh, by the yeah. way. I'm in Philly's gym, right? BD7 up in a... Uh, in, in, I in do see posting the, the whole time, yeah. When is Philly going to invite me up to the gym? Oh, listen. Today. And next door, you're in, you're in. Next door to the gym is this cafe called Wobble. Okay, brilliant. So you know what I mean? You go in there and you, you indulge yourself with the souffle pancakes, pile a bit of weight on, and then you go into the gym yeah. and try and knock it <laughs> off. You get your wobble on and then you burn the wobble off. <laughs> he has yeah. it sussed, he has. He has Very it sussed. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I suppose we'll kick off, uh, lads, with uh, a little... Um, a very, very tiny... Review of the League of Ireland last weekend. Um, uh, now, last weekend actually was when you look at the weekend that's just happened. In uh, it's been amazing, and the one thing that I've learned from the weekend that's just happened is that the Wolf Towns have to be playing the main stage at Electric Picnic <laughs> next season. I think everyone's in agreement there. After the yeah. scenes of Strad Valley over the weekend, I was down at the picnic anyway, lads. I know this is a football podcast, but you, uh, none of you were there. No, no, I, no. I've never been to the picnic. Never, never been. been. No. Never proper, been. proper sports people here. Talk to them, you know? <laughs> never been. I'm not going down to an arts festival. I don't know. Could I? Could I? Hack the whole weekend job. I oh, I think yeah. I'm a, a during the day or at night and go home. I wouldn't. The tent thing doesn't suit me. At there's all. ways. There's ways around that, Al. And I've known uh, as becoming a senior citizen, uh, the best way to do the picnic is to book a hotel <laughs> up the road or a, an Airbnb and just leave site at three or four. There's taxis outside to bring you up. Oh, and sorry, down I was going to say, how do you get back? To yeah, the hotel? you can get back in the okay. next day. No problem. That's the dream. Once you have a breakfast and a shower, brand new. That's what would kill me. Yeah. The shower thing would kill me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the first one that I've actually kind of been enticed to go. Oh, like. So I said to my wife last night, would you go? And she's like, no, it's too dirty. I was like, oh, that's that's me real now. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd be the same as that. It's the whole kind of washroom. Yeah, uh, listen, stuff. the weather the weather just made it uh, immaculate. Anyway, that's the electric picnic chat done. On to football matters. Uh, League of Ireland. Um, I was in Talla on Friday night and Rovers ran out convincing 3-0 winners against Bowes. Disappointing performance from Bowes out in Talla. Um, again, like maybe I'm looking at Bowes tinted glasses, but... A couple of stonewall penalties weren't given, and it seems to be a recording team. And when 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 Bowes are playing Rovers out in Tala, but uh, that wasn't the reason we lost. By the way, Rovers were the better team and deserved the three points. Um, is the league title over? As as the question I'm going to throw out to you is there seven points clear? There you have a game in hand. Ah, would you like to come on on that? I don't think it is over and all, Eric, but I think what we found out over the weekend is the one team that I think who can sustain the best challenge to Shamrock Rovers are still the one team that I think uh, that are very much in it, which is Derry. I always felt, obviously we previewed the games last week, that Bowes were very much in their infancy in terms of where they're at with Declan coming in, obviously a new team, his new ideas that the main target at the start of the year would have been just Europe. There were never realistic title contenders, I felt, at the start of the season. So I think that is very much still attainable after the weekend, despite the defeat. And if you look across the city then, obviously St. Pat's suffering defeat to Shelburne as well. They're very much the exact same scenario because you think of John Daly coming in, a new team, it's exciting for the future. But again, they were never realistic title contenders this year either. So I think they're the two that obviously have suffered the defeats over the weekend 
and kind of I would say we're never really in the race anyway it was good for us to say that there was a three or four people in the race I never felt there was and Derry obviously beating Dundalk away from home if they win the game in hand they have the strength the quality that I think can still push right till the end of the season and the game in hand is against UCD so you can imagine it's the three points like, you, you would know? think so and then it's four points to have to play obviously I think after the international window they're playing Shamrock Rovers in the Brandywell so it's going to be a massive game um, and I still think they have the quality to overtake Shamrock Rovers so I still thought at the start of the season it was a two horse race nothing has changed my mind throughout the season obviously Shamrock Rovers haven't hit the heights that they've hit in the last two or three years nobody else has capitalised as of yet but I still think Derry are the ones that can push them to the end whether they can overtake them remains to be seen but I think it'll be between those two Philly you were obviously at Bowes uh, for a while um, under under Keith Long mm. and uh, you've watched from a, from afar I suppose the, the new era of Declan Devine and practically a whole new squad bar one or two um, what's your impressions of looking at Bowes from afar I know, I know you still have a soft spot for them and all that yeah. and you want them to do well but uh, I do because I've worked with so many of the lads you know um, but I, I just think you know I agree with Alan I think they've they're, they're, you know they started the season so well that they were kind of more I kind of got the sense they were in bonus territory yeah. you know in terms of what they did and, and then a couple of performances kind of dropped and it was kind of nearly that kind of thought of you know yeah, I could see that happening. Like I could see that you know, it was, was like a almost never the, the balloon was going to be deflated. You know, um, but they've come back and obviously they had a little run there of five unbeaten uh, games before the Rovers game, and you know that that gave them that little boost that they needed to get back up there. But I don't really get the sense of you know the group believing that they can challenge for the league this year. You know, but are they building on something? I do. I think they are. I think the whole league is is based on default. You know, I think Shamrock Rovers. You know, you, you, over the years you would have seen. You know, ma- mainly two teams competing for the league. You don't really see that over the last couple of years, yeah. um, which basically means is the rest of the clubs are kind of in limbo. Derry probably being maybe a little bit of an outlier now mm. um, from last year to this year. But you look at the the, the, the league challenge challenges over the years, like in terms of Cork, Dundalk, um, Rovers, Bows and Shells. All those all those times where they, there was kind of purple patches within those clubs. I don't see teams being at the frequency of Shamrock Rovers at the minute. So how do how does the rest of the league bridge that gap then? Well, I think St. Pat's are going the right way about it, obviously, in terms of how well they've done since John Daly has come in. They've introduced a lot of new young, young players. players. Yeah. Now, the fear for a lot of, I suppose, St. Pat's fans, and we've mentioned this, is because they're getting a lot of rave reviews, those young players, is that they'll be gone. And how do you replace them then? The likes of young Curtis, Murphy, there's already talk that they, they might leave. Um, so that would be a fear for them. But I certainly think John Daly's done a really good job since he's come in. The dirty thing... I always felt at the start of the year they were the most realistic because they've been building under Rory to be fair and it takes two or three years to get you up to the levels that uh, Philly's talking about in terms of Shamrock Rovers they're obviously on the go now with Stephen Bradley four or five years mm. and it took him a couple of years as well to get up to the levels of it was Dundalk or Cork who they were trying to overtake so, so you'd say that there has to be a degree of patience with other yeah, so the bow, as well the Bose yeah. thing I think has gone as well as it, it could have gone season. yeah absolutely yeah. Like, and I always felt at the start of the year and to be fair to Declan as well um, you don't want to place unrealistic expectations on him at the start of the year so I always felt the most realistic target for Bohemians was to get into Europe. Yeah. Then you obviously you have the financial windfall that may come with that as well. You can start strengthening then, bring in a better calibre of player. Um, obviously, the financial side of things off the pitch is very good for Bohemians at the moment as well. So they're beginning to offer a couple of uh, long-term contracts as well Decent to hold down money, yeah. players because yeah. there was always the problem and I'm sure Philly knows more about it than me in terms of when Keith was there that you're losing your best players and a lot of them going to Shamrock Rovers which used to be a killer for Bohemians because um, you're strengthening your rivals. 
So that seems to be eliminated out of the club as well that they can hold on to those better ones. So I think the future is bright, certainly for Bohemians and St. Pat's and build on what they've done this year. But I think overall, looking at the league, when you think of, I suppose, how inconsistent Shamrock Rovers have been this year, I think it has dropped the level, uh, the standard below. Uh, because you think of, I suppose, the last three or four years when they were winning the league, if they were playing at those levels this season, they'd be... 10-15 points clear at this stage yeah. I would think and that, that's what I mean by like there's, there's Shamrock Rovers underperforming this year yeah, and yet they're still top top contenders Seven like, you points know. Clear. Seven so that points for clear. me is the difference between the separation and, and the rest you know you look at Man City Man City can underperform in a couple of games and still be kind of contenders to win the league you know whereas the other clubs you'd kind of say you know if they underperform you kind of go well they don't really expect to be up there at the top whereas it's very similar Philly it's a good yeah. analogy because City are the Rovers then yeah. you have Derry like Arsenal who are kind of mm. hanging on the coattails and then you have the I rest. nearly put Pats as like Arsenal. Right. Well, they were the same I nearly kid. put Pats yeah. as Arsenal. Yeah. Because, not because of the same game, but because <laughs> they're just happy to do their business every year and they want to win. They want to compete and they'll win something every couple of years. Are the analogy, another, another analogy, uh, Philly, are, are, are Rovers and City like Dublin of the GA world? You're yeah. Like, they, you know so what I mean? What basically, dominant. what I would say about Rovers is like, what I like about Bradley and what he's done is that he's created separation. So you can say that that's true innovation or true, you know, because he went in and Rovers went. Sorry, explain that separation. Yeah, separation from the rest. So Dublin, oh, when, sorry, we were, when we were successful, we created separation. Especially so every, wife. Everybody, <laughs> everybody was focusing on the dubs, like everybody focused on Shamrock Rovers. So when I was there in 2021 with Bowles, we weren't actually focusing on Shamrock Rovers, we were focusing on us and what we did and what our performances were. And we outperformed Shamrock Rovers in four of the five games. Uh, the first game of the year we uh, was in the first nine games. Um, we drew them out on talent, but every every other game after that, you know, we had a great run, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. The, and that's changed. Shamrock Rovers yeah. now have the edge over Bowes in the last time mm. any number of games. Mm. Oh, I know because there was depressing. a period there where Bowes were beating them in all yeah. the head to heads. Yeah, yeah, I know. Good old days. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> it is. I think it, like as Philly said, in terms of what they're building as well off the pitch, that matters as well. Yeah. So, in terms of the revenue they're being created, the places packed out it's probably holding them back at the moment because they could even be getting more in the door um, in terms of kind of creating I, I do think there's, there's you know there's if you really go into the details of the squad I think there's still kind of things that need to be done mm. you know there's, there's still a couple of lads there that are like I always think you know if there's one thing you need to get right to compete with Rovers you know or to win a league or win a cup whatever it may be get into Europe is you need to look at their dynamic the dynamic in their group is that they have a lot of Irish-based players that are settled, that are going to be here for a while. They're, they're no real... They're obviously, there is ambitious players there, but they're players there that are happy, they're making a good wage, and they're, 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 they're not really too much looking for, you know, England or or any other um, destination in terms of what they're trying to achieve in their career. Like, you look at Bowles, you've got a couple of the Polish boys, you've got mm. a couple of young lads, um, a couple of Scottish boys... You know, so when bowls were starting to get consistent, it was because they had a core group of kind of, let's say, a, a kind of a, a, a the right age kind of player that was leader and that was connected to the club. Mm. Rovers do that so well, mm-hmm. and no other club in the country. Like if you look at their age profile, mm. it's the, one of the oldest teams in the, in the in the league. And that's a problem, I think. Not a problem. I think that's why the league has probably dipped a little bit in the sense that because there's so many young players now at, at so many teams. It's almost become a development development league yeah. when a lot of the best players and the young fellas, and it's great for them and the opportunities in terms of young kids going away now. But 
Philly's right Rovers are the only ones who you'd look at real kind of old pros is the phrase we use yeah. experience yeah. in the group uh, you don't see that dotted around too many of the other teams no I suppose and I suppose I mean to, to, to throw another name into the hat there uh, another team coming up on the rails now in the race for Europe is Shelbourne and Duff yeah. and listen I wouldn't be his biggest fan <laughs> but um, I think he has been good for the league I think he's box office with his, why are you not his, his biggest fan I just think he's the fact you're bit, not his biggest fan means he's doing something exactly exactly <laughs> you know, I think no but the comment he made there on Friday even he says I know there's a load of matches on tonight but you game. can't tell me that the <laughs> of Shelbourne isn't the biggest game of the weekend obviously having a poke at Bowes and Rovers which fair play to him you got, the, you got me going that green right but anyway um, and also his celebrations afterwards running along the Riverside Stadium showing lots of passion he is. Uh, if he was your manager, you'd love him. Oh, listen, I'd be. You know, I'd, I'd, he'd be on the podcast. You wouldn't be on the podcast, I'd be just me and Damien. Having the chats. Having the we chats. Get him in some week. Yeah, I'll, we I'll fix it up. Yeah, for you. I'd love to get him in. Yeah, I'd love to get I, him in. I, I know where you're coming from because <coughs> obviously I was working with Bowers. Like, what the fuck is he doing? And then on the other hand, I was kind of like, that's interesting, you know. Yeah. So he. Do you think it's deliberate mind games and stuff? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So he does what Klopp does, doesn't right. he? Because, you know, when the teams are warm up, he waits at the halfway line. I'm, I'm really interested in him in terms of the style of management he is. And uh, the one thing that I really love about his style of management is how he cultivates the players and the fans. Like, you'll never, you'll always hear the players speak so highly of him. I'm not talking about on the, in media-wise. You know, anytime I've spoke to any of them outside mm-hmm. of that, they speak so highly of him. And that connection piece is very important to a, to a squad like that. You know, it's... It's not really something that's passed down through your coaching badges or through your managing style over the years. It's more what I've learned in terms of the soccer world. It's more the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more of a like I'm a, an authoritarian type figure. Listen to me and do what I tell you because I've spent money and done this amount of hours on my coaching badges. Whereas I'm sure he has a bit of that about him, maybe, but he's got this connection with his players that he's like. I'm going to try to get the best out of you. You look at Jack Moylan, like, mm-hmm. I remember working with Jack just before he left Bowes. Um, really good fella, playing on the wing mostly, you know, at that stage, right, yeah. and work ethic was unbelievable. For some reason, there was players there ahead of him. But I remember chatting to, to Jack about, you know, creating a vision on what you want to do in your career personally, like, you know, not, not just with a team, like, what you want to do, what you want to achieve. Um, and he, like, th- 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 he's obviously... Duff has seen some potential in him, you know, to come from maybe not working with Bowers and he was on loan then, loan and then going into Shells yeah. and now he's got now he's got his move, like, you know, so um and what I believe I what I've heard from from some of his players is that that's what he does in abundance. He, he believes in you and he, and he brings you in a certain direction, you know. So, so players are prepared to run through brick walls for him kind of thing. Like, you yeah, know. and you get, you that, get that sense. sense 100% yeah, yeah. For that. You can see that a mile off. You know? And you, you mentioned... Yeah. The, and then I suppose the stature of who he is as yeah, well. There, exactly. There's a lot of that in terms of you'd walk into a dressing room. I remember the first time he came in, actually, we were doing a thing in RTE and I was like kind of he would have been a hero to starstruck like, almost yeah, yeah. And, and, and I wouldn't have got that a lot of people yeah. who he had made over the years players and different things it's probably only happened a couple of times but I remember for the first time he came in to the studio in RT um, and I actually and he came over and shook me hand and I was a bit like <laughs> and uh, for the first time I felt a bit like fucking Damien wow. Duff like, yeah, you know? yeah. and you do get that sense so yeah. I could imagine if he so was an man- aura yeah and I could imagine the, the, the lads at Shells and the young players and you look at him and you have Damien Duff and telling you how brilliant you are and great you are and building you up and he definitely does that but I think in terms of the league and the bigger picture and there was a lot of talk when he came in about 
him as an addition to the league because of the stature and what he will bring I think what we saw on Friday night is exactly what he brings because the video went viral everywhere yeah. and in terms of the passion and everything you love to see that Eric like, yeah. as, as Philly yeah. mentioned Klopp there when he does the thing at the, that gives you a bit of like yeah, you know, yeah. I'd, I'd look, actually love to ask him like, uh, like you know where did he learn his style I'm sure he takes from different managers or he's supposed to be so intense Philly yeah, so in terms yeah. of like driven like all the grapes did you, like, did you even see that in, like, in studio with him like the passion intensity I or? so intense yeah, yeah. He's so intense and obviously in terms of, you, don't, you don't get to the level he's at in terms of I suppose a work ethic that he always had as a player he's bringing that into the management and the one thing I can see from him as well and the fact that he's even taken this job and has been so brave to take it he could have easily gone somewhere else or he was obviously in Celtic and his stock was high in terms of players speaking about his coaching ability I'm sure he could have lined up a coaching job anywhere he wanted he's with the, the contacts that he well, had, in the Ireland setup. but for him to be brave enough to say no I'm going to go in there and, and it hasn't all been rosy no. in the garden like it's not as if they're top of the league challenging but but he obviously rolls up the sleeves, knuckles down. So he's an, he's so driven, mm-hmm. and even with those comments that he makes, he genuinely believes them. And he and he, yeah. he'll tell you, Shells are the biggest club in Ireland. Yeah. We're going to yeah. get them back to the level that they we're at. And all how, and how far can Duff go in his managerial career? What do you think? Well, from what I've seen, there's like. I suppose where is the ceiling you would yeah. ask he'd have to be maybe successful you would think here for others to take him maybe he doesn't because of the name that he is someone would take a chance on him anyway across the water I it think d- if he wanted to to progress his career he'd be gone by now Okay, I don't think he'd be in the league that long to to be wanting to progress in England or Scotland or wherever it may be um, so unless a, a, a mad offer comes in he's, he's probably going to stay I think, I think he's, he's developed a purpose about himself in terms of like I want to do something that I'm remembered for in this country. Leave a legacy. Like, you know, uh, yeah, to an extent, because, yeah, because it is a, you know, get into management, it's about ego. Like, it is, it really is. And then when you have the energy that he has, it's yeah. about, like, uh, like I'd say he would be a type of person that would, 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 would feel very unjustified of not doing something with Shells, you know, after wherever you move to another club or you move to somewhere or you stop management. I think he's that type of person that I get the sense that he's, like, this is what I've done with them and I'll be remembered for that. And that's that's why I put so much into it. That's does he does he remind you of any managers or coaches you may have come across in your career or watching uh, football or not really as no, I said, like he has man. a couple of traits that, that Klopp would have, like, you know, um where he's getting the fan base to back him up and, and that's really important because um you, you know, you could you could fall to into a trap by doing that, you know, because if you're too if you're not authentic doing that, as soon as something goes wrong they'll come for your, your head straight yeah. away the fans will and that happens in most clubs you know so and it's a fickle f- football supporters are di- so fickle yeah the difficulty <laughs> with Shells difficulty with Shells is what's the next step now on their journey you know because he's come in and he's settled the ship you know they've were going up and down uh, between the divisions over before him and and now he's settled the ship that they're staying you know, consistent mid-table what, what's their next step like mm-hmm. because well, I think they need to look at balls as well because the perception there was you know when when you know, as we talked about the single year contracts and stuff like that, and every year they done well, the players were going to leave. Mm. So that's possibly can happen with Shells now. I know the new owners are coming in, but he needs to be looking at bowls and saying, right, can I learn from their transition uh, and the, the transition even in the fans' perception of we expect Damien Duff's team to win now. Yeah, That's a really hard part to, to, to deal with. Like. Yeah. When they get better, the the, the expectations increase. Lads, we, well, sorry, yeah, well, yeah. even off the back of the result, they're in the mix for Europe now. Oh, so that would be a massive, yeah, and that's that yeah. was again something similar to Bowes. I always felt at the start of the year it was a realistic target for them coming off the disappointment of the cup final, which was great for them. But I that was like a one step. They were they were too soon. 
far too soon yeah. and we saw that in the game obviously Derry beat them well but I think in the league this year they're, they're where they should be they should be challenging for Europe and they've very yeah. much put themselves in the driving seat for that now with the win Friday so that's our League of Ireland chat we're going to quickly onto the Premier League there was a hat-trick of hat-tricks over the weekend lads mm. there was a, a hat-trick from Sun for Spurs there was a hat-trick that. for some fella called Evan Ferguson of Brighton <laughs> and there was a hat-trick for your man of City the Norwegian Evan Ferguson. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, what, a, what a, a great weekend of football! So many dramatic matches. Um, I suppose the the match that's fresh in my memory Don't because the, the Celtic Rangers game is oh, Celtic Rangers, of course. Yeah, that was a classic, um, classic smash and grab from Celtic. Um, but the 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 match that I got home from the picnic to watch, um, and I was already on a bit of a downer. <laughs> was Arsenal Man United? Um, I. I, I Weirdly, I thought it was United's best performance of the season. They were very organised, very uh, well set up. It's not saying much coming up. Uh, no, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. But it was. Um, I suppose I got a little bit of a, 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 a fillip of hope um, when I seen Hoyland come on. I think you're looking at him going, wow, that's a, it was a decent cameo from him. And he's definitely going to add something to the team. Uh, overall, Arsenal won 3-1. Probably deserved winners overall. Two goals in injury time. A lot of contra- controversy about the offside goal from Garnacho. Uh, was Johnny Evans reefed down to the ground? Your thoughts on that game, Al? Yeah, something similar uh, to what you've just said, Eric, in terms of it's the best performance so far, but I think you're coming off a low bar yeah. when, obviously, the Wolves game, which we've discussed, they were totally outplayed and they were lucky to get the victory. The Forest won your two down after 10 minutes and you're thinking, where are they, where are they going here? The Spurs won in the second half, well beaten as well. Um, so I think it was the best. Ten Hag referenced that after the match in terms of the amount of possession. It was the best the most compact they've looked obviously you're playing against top quality in Arsenal so you have to be um, I thought the goal came against the run of play but again it's something similar to what we've seen over the years at United hitting teams on the counter attack with Rashford's pace and it was a good finish second half the game like you say was very much in the balance but what worried me most about I suppose the weekend and I've been a big fan of Ten Hag since he's come in but there were so many excuses made after the match Eric, and I don't like to hear managers making excuses and he came out and he referenced three things that I felt he got wrong and and, may, and once you start bringing in an excuse culture I think you're looking around then and, and it's beginning to think this task might be might be above me I'm not suggesting that right now but you think of the business that they did in the off season it's nowhere near good enough to come to compare to the likes of City, Arsenal, Liverpool, they're still well off that, I feel. And when he's talking about the offside being onside, when they're drawing the lines and going against that, that's when <laughs> I'm getting a bit worried. Then he's talking about Hoyland's being a penalty, and it wasn't a penalty. And then the Johnny Evans one. Yeah, a wrestling bit of 50-50 or 6 yeah, one like you're not getting a free kick for that. So I know, I think it was Roy Keane that said, I know he's a manager straight after the game and you're, you're caught up in the emotion yeah. and stuff like that. But I think if he was sitting down here with us two or three days after and we looked at those decisions, he might have a different view on them. So that would worry me just in terms of, there was a few excuses which I haven't heard before. I wonder was it Ten Hag who headbutted Roy Keane actually? He's about to say that. He <laughs> <laughs> got smarter we got a headbutt after the game. Yeah. Yeah, I'll uh, mention the excuse culture there, yeah. uh, Philly. Uh, when w- 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 is that a thing like if you see a manager coming out with those excuses for want of a better word is it a worrying sign do you think well I can tell you I like what would happen there is they'd, they'd have a I would imagine now this is just broadly speaking they would have a meeting during the week from a PR point of view they'd have a PR press press officer there and I'm sure he or she will be sitting down with him saying right, okay here's the messages here's the plan if basically if this is the outcome and there's, there's there's one way you can go this way and there's one way you can go that way. Um, like Mourinho was a genius for it. Like, you know, he's probably his own PR person, you know, <laughs> how he deflected and how he spoke about 
uh, taking the energy off the players and him being the, the focal point, you know. So um, it's very hard to get away with at that level. Mm-hmm. It is very hard to get away with it and it's very easily to see, as Alan said, it's very easily to see and um, it's just one of those things in, in that world like that, you know, there's so many eyes on them and if you talk shite, like you're going to be spotted a mile away, you know. So and and it comes down to the players as well. Like the players, the message, the whole, the whole piece has to be uh, pulled together by someone that's in, let's say, PR or communications. You know, especially when you're arguing over decisions that to everyone are obvious. The one you said there about James Clark not getting a penalty, that was a penalty, everyone can see that. So you have a better case if you're coming out with a with an argument for that after the match. Like yeah. if Declan Devine came out the other night and says, well, that was a penalty and we didn't get it, people say, well, fair enough, like I can understand yeah, that. Yeah. Ten Hag's arguing stuff that we're all looking going, really? Like he's arguing with the lines. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, can't argue yeah. with the lines. I'd yeah. argue that the line was. Quicker. But he's 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 putting he's putting a stimulus into the into the media world. He's putting a stimulus and it takes away possibly to an extent. You know, you still if if you if got a good level of analysis in, in terms of your game IQ, but he's throwing in a little spanner there to go right. Focus on the offside there. Focus on the penalty. Don't yeah. focus on the performance. Mm, right. But I don't know. It's a bit of a weird one, as you said, because the performance is actually all right. Like yeah. you know, so um, sometimes they just don't have any kind of planned information that just comes out and they go on a tangent and yeah I think I just think he, issue. he was speaking from the heart he was emotional post-match yeah he, he said Martial as well did well like. no that was, when he said no you're dead right yeah. when he said come that on. I went ah there come on and we're talking <laughs> what, what are you smoking like and that's my point about like where are United at compares to the rest like yeah. they finished the game with Maguire and Johnny Evans <laughs> Leicester said what about Johnny Evans like yeah. isn't yeah. that an unbelievable story like Oh. And Johnny Evans Now Johnny Incredible. Evans I like. I don't think people should disrespect No Johnny Evans I, I, I think he's a, a great pro He should have been still held at the club yeah. yeah And obviously injuries probably affected him But it's I, I have no issues with Johnny Evans being there But you're play, finishing the game with a centre half Who they're wanting to get out yeah. yeah You know And then you're looking at obviously around the problems now With Sancho coming out with the tweet afterwards as well So I have sympathy for Ten Hag What he's probably dealing with yeah. It's hard enough to win matches on the pitch Without having to be dealing with these issues as He just well. seems to be fighting fires all the time doesn't he just, It's 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 it's, it's it's a tough old job. Uh, Philip, we, we know we don't have you for much longer, yeah. so I'm going to go directly to uh, your beloved Everton. Oh, jeez. You hear me? Is this the time yeah. I go now? <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> it's your blue all over. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So they got the first point of the season. Yeah. Um, I suppose they, they couldn't afford to lose it because they've already had the worst start, I think, to a Premier League ever. Dyche's um, record is worse than Lampard's <sighs> whenever he used to ridicule yeah. Lampard. I know, but isn't there still a sense because of Dyche and who he is that he can get them out of it or get them out of the trouble and, and, and make them grow? Your, your feelings on everything and the new signings and all that, Philly? It's very, it's, it's a mess, to be honest. Uh, the new signings, obviously, is Dyche putting this kind of stamp on it, you know that yeah. way? But um, I just think it's... It's a club that is very unique, you know, and I kind of come across boys obviously as an Everton fan, but everybody you speak to in around the club just, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you just a point is actually good. You know what I mean? A point is actually <laughs> point good. Shepherd, Which, you know what I mean? Like that's how that's how bad it is. But it's one of those things where things have been so bad, right? And that if anything is progressive, it's worth something you know yeah it gives you a bit of energy you know but yeah I, I just think it's they're in a, such a difficult position because everything over the years would have been trying to compete mid-table up to let's say up to, up to Europe and, and just now it's like let's fight and get out of relegation you know so we're, we're definitely on a different energy in terms of what we want to try to achieve but it's it's still got um 
it's still got kind of opportunities to, to the team and the club is still like I mean you've got the new stadium yeah. and you've got um, new signings they're, they're linked to every player in the world at this stage you go on social media every player you know wants to Wobie getting 20 million for a Wobie yeah. is not a bad deal where, where either, did you know? the Everton thing start from? Uh, my dad my dad was an Everton fan Everton like were brilliant in the, the 80s the connection yeah. with Everton and Ireland I remember I was telling you is like, was, was quite big back in the day like you know um, and I suppose my first real kind of you know uh, experience where Everton was actually them playing in home farm Okay. Uh, when there was a connection with Home Farm Everton, yeah. they brought a team over to play in actually Home Farm and Paul Ryder out and all was playing. And oh, yeah, Alan, yeah. You know, it was, it Have was, you been over, yeah? Yeah, I've been to Goodison a Goodison's, few times. Yeah. Goodison's one Amazing of the best fam. playing Amazing. it and been, been to matches. It's absolutely Old school, isn't yeah. it? Brilliant. Yeah, right on top of the ground. One of the, yeah, I've been to a few stadiums and, and uh, Brilliant. I love Goodison, yeah. So I'm hoping that that energy comes into the new stadium. I hope and they stay up for the new stadium as well. It's hard to translate yeah. that across, yeah. isn't it? Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like well, you think of Upton Park, West Ham, and out in the big city. I know they're doing quite well, but it's like you're losing that as well. Like that, it's hard. And I know you have to mm. obviously evolve and in terms of demand for tickets and all sorts of big club like that, and they want to stretch it out, bigger stadium. But Goodison's special, like yeah, I have a big fan base, like you know, massive. And yeah, strangely enough, there's a, there's a, there's the joke of yeah, if you're an Everton fan, or you're the, you're the other one in Ireland, are you? <laughs> yeah. but everybody there is. I a know lot a whole family. Fans. A whole, yeah. my, 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 my son Alex and his uh, friend Daniel, the O'Neills, Anne and Huey, but big Bowes fans, all Everton nuts, yeah. and they go to Goodison every second week. Yeah. They are completely obsessed. I'd, with I'd love to see them do well uh, into the new stadium with Seamus Coleman. Yeah, because he's been such a legend for the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who knows could he be the next Everton manager mm-hmm. he'd probably do a job somewhere else and then possibly get involved somewhere you know probably let you go are they staying up this season yeah, yeah. I do I do still think they're, they've got time um, the signings are coming in which is bringing a bit of energy Better coming in like he's, he's he looks like a, yeah. a player that could influence the group you know um, the first couple of games actually you look at their XG and stuff like that they're being quite high one of the highest yeah, in, the in the league Yeah, Wolves I think when they played Wolves I think they keep 876 had, shots yeah. on goal or something yeah. like that <laughs> and Wolves on 3-0 yeah. yeah. mental yeah. mental numbers but so. Philly come here you're, like, I'm afraid you'll, you, you'll miss what you have to go to so we're going to let yeah. you go at this part in time Philly McMahon it's been an absolute pleasure and we'll have you on again very soon Cheers, thank lads. you well thank God he's gone now well, <laughs> well, stinking up the studio with his Bullshit! No, I'm only at love Philly. Philly's me, uh, me, me trainer up in the gym. He's, He's got me into the shape. Yeah, good yeah. trainer. My God, I, he puts me through the paces. No slack on in front of Philly. You pay the money. Yeah, standards. When you think of where he's been with Dublin. Standards incredible. Eight All Ireland's like you yeah. know, like and it's it's not thought of anymore because Dublin just keep winning all the time. But what a player and uh, and what a man as well. Philly is he's a great great fella to talk to. Sound advice. My own young was actually up training with him, uh, getting one on one training. Brilliant. Because like, he works with players from all sports just to build up their levels and. Shows him like simple things like running techniques and how to be more explosive and all that. So amazing fella, uh, we'll have him on again. Al, before we uh, on previous podcasts, we used to laugh and joke about sports and how crap they were. But you were doing a lot of that laughing. <laughs> yeah, no, no. In fairness, it was. In fairness, it was. You and you, I did have a house spot, but you were also fairly critical of 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 them under you know, especially under Conte yeah. and what was happening at the club. But we are in this new era of Ange Ball. They went to Burnley and scored five goals at Turf mm. Moor. Now, I don't know whether if that's more a reflection on Burnley not being the old dogged Burnley of before, under company, they're playing a more open and attacking classing from the back football, or are Spurs just at a different level right now? 
I think it's a bit of both and you're right to reference the fact that it's certainly a culture change for Burnley at the moment because they're not the dogged old style Sean Dyche type Burnley that we have become accustomed to over the last 8 to 10 years completely different under company and you can see that in the first goal if you go back to Sun Burnley are winning 1-0 yet they've 8 players ahead of the ball and they leave a 2v2 situation at the back where it's just one ball over Darrow Shea's head Sun is in in behind him he plays a little pass to Solomon and it's a 2v2 kind of like a little training exercise you'd yeah. often work on plays a nice little pass back to Sun and he finishes and that's one all and it was almost like the floodgates opened up from there Eric so it's certainly a case of it's not the old Burnley but I think when you flip it over then to Spurs they should be given so much credit for the way they're playing under Postacoglu and it's again like what I'm saying about Burnley how they're completely different Spurs now on the flip side are completely different because they're all out attack now under Postacoglu compares to the negative uh, Spurs what we were used to seeing under Mourinho and Conte all that has changed and I think the players are reveling in the fact particularly Son who got the hat-trick uh, at the weekend I like the fact he was playing through the middle as well because he has players now behind him and you know how I feel about James Madison yeah. on and off the pitch I love him yeah. I absolutely and he looks like a fellow who's playing like basically every week with a smile on his face unbelievable and, yeah. and I love to see that as well and even in terms of Philly talking about their influence in the group and stuff you think of his impact I'm sure in around the dressing room as well he seems like such a good crack like he'd love to be around him good company but then he's delivering on the pitch as well Postacoglu has already spoken about even though he's a new signing I think he's the vice captain yeah. so he's giving him authority in the group as well it's all it's almost as if the players are looking up to Madison already and that's that's a hard thing to do Eric when you come into a new club as big as Spurs and just to walk in seamlessly and get command res- that respect already off yeah. the others yeah. and it just goes to show I suppose how good a fella he is first of all and how good a player he is because obviously that's what it boils down to them because the players are looking at him thinking wow this fella and you could imagine him in training he's he's bringing that into the games on the pitch he scored a great goal himself Son gets the hat-trick um, yeah, so, Al you mentioned Son there Son played through the middle yeah. like centre forward mm. bangs in a hat-trick mm. is, is, do you think he should stay there and it would just lessen the impact of losing your man that went to Germany yeah 100% because I think when you look at Son over the years the year before last he was the golden boot winner yeah. I think he was the equal with Salah 23 goals That's I think right, they got yeah. so there's no issues with his finishing if he gets the chances he will score you'd even look at the finish the first one was the little dink then the one that he comes on to with the right foot passed it into the corner and the last one with his left foot arc comfortable on both feet we're used to seeing we're, so we're used to seeing him score plenty of goals so I think it could actually um, relieve the pressure a little bit in terms of f- finding a replacement for Kane as well because Richarlison who I would have serious question marks about not only him not scoring his demeanour as well he's one of those kind of sulky fellas you know <laughs> like I hate to see that yeah. whereas the rest of them are the complete opposite they look like they're all enjoying their football so I think it could be something that Ange might look at he, he will want a replacement centre forward and I think when they have the money obviously there they will look for somebody but I think we mentioned this on previous podcasts that he'll only spend it on what he thinks will better the group yeah. and influence the group just because if 100 million doesn't mean you just go out and spend it willy nilly it has to be something that will improve the team yeah and I think he's shrewd like that yeah. and that's so important recruitment everybody speaks about it so so much these days and they're right I think he will be very good at that obviously you think of the, the players he signed at Celtic as well so just because he has money he won't go out and splash 60-70 million unless he feels it's the right thing to do um, but certainly from the weekend's point of view he has the option of playing Sun through the middle now Solomon who played really well on the left where Sun would normally play you've Kulisevsky on the right uh, Paro playing as that inverted rifle you look at his pass for the last goal as well 
well. So it's certainly it's an exciting time to be a sports Exciting fan. times, it really yeah. is. Uh, my little fella's over the moon. He's absolutely <laughs> chuffed. He's like, uh, when are we going back like, over that? Like, who's Harry? Going? Who's <laughs> Harry? And we are going over the end of the month. We're going to the Brilliant. Liverpool game. And that's something that I want to see now. Obviously, they played Man United, but I still wouldn't have United in that bracket of yeah. the elites. So who's Harry's new favourite player? He loves Son. Ah, good. It's Madison yeah. as well. Like, like he, so I'm looking forward to seeing Madison live as well. I'm at, and again, I go back to the point, Eric, about like obviously we're united, and you think of why weren't you? Know, I've said this. I'm, I'm sick of it, but why weren't United in the in the frame for Madison? Like he would have been ideal for mm. United in that kind of uh, role that he plays behind the striker as well. You could play him as one of the number eights if you have Casemiro. You could have signed Rice as well. Uh, I don't. Rice, know. I could argue. But I think with Madison, uh, I'll just to just I would think he's I think he's just too similar maybe to Bruno in in the, in, in that role. I think so. I'd have him over Bruno. Would you? Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. Right. I'll see you later. I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> Bruno gets criminally disrespected. I would he's have a him over Bruno. Fantastic player. He was quiet against uh, Arsenal at the weekend. But anyway, uh, you just mentioned Liverpool there. Watch them against Villa, and I thought you know going into the game, this is a great chance for Villa at Anfield. Uh, Canate, Van Dijk out injured, mm. Matip and Gomez sent to half, Watkins up against them, and I'm thinking, oh, Villa going to do well here. Tumped 3 0. Yeah, and I think Liverpool, and it's a strange thing to say because I felt at the start of the season, even in the preview show, that I felt they would have a good season, but it's almost like they've come under the radar a yeah. little bit, which is a bit strange to say as it, about such a big club who've been so successful with a brilliant manager but all the focus I suppose is on City and Arsenal um, but they're right in the mix as well mm. whether they can overtake City this year I'm still not sure just because of the defensive things you mentioned there with no Van Dijk no Kanate the two lads that come in obviously Matip and Gomez who you would think are backup played really well and yeah. that might be something that they can force their way in because we mentioned obviously that we don't think Van Dijk is at the level that he once was Trent who I have major issues with defensively but you look at him on the ball again and that you look at the pass to oh, Salah like yeah. he's unbelievable he's on outrageous, the ball. Yeah. he really is yeah. like to be fair so could there be a scenario where they get a right full play Gomez right full and you have Trent but the problem with that, if you if you put him in as one of the midfielders, then he's been marked. He's coming in as one of the inverted fullbacks, and obviously he's, and finding he's also going to have to track runners as well. Yeah, and, and he's finding space. Then it's yeah. almost like a free roll from in there to an extent uh, when they're in possession. So, and that is the idea of bringing the bringing the right full in. We see them all doing it. It almost kind of they become that free man, spare man in there, uh, whatever you like to call it, and get that overload. So. Um, Going forward, they're electric Salah again scoring goals. Yeah. Uh, the man Slobosloy looks like a really yeah, shrewd signing. I did it. We did a Champions League match, and it was a qualifier. It must be four or five years ago. RB Salzburg, and he was their star man. Yeah. He obviously moved on then to, to Leipzig. yeah, but he was quality then. And I remember actually doing a bit of research and looking him up and seeing clips of him and all. And he was outstanding then. It was only a matter of time before he was going to go to the one of the big clubs. So I think. People might not have known who he was. They're certainly finding out who he is now because he's a serious talent. I read a report there saying it was probably a blessing in disguise that uh, Liverpool didn't get Mason Mount because they went after Slobosloy after they better, couldn't get Mount. Yeah, he's a better player than Mount. What? He's a better player than Mount. Right, as I said, this podcast is over. And <laughs> <laughs> I will not stand for these opinions. Uh, uh, no, I'm only, listen, and I like Mount, but I he's a better I player. I know I do. Uh, do you know what? Right, we've got... Um, so it's the international break now, mm. Al. Um We've got two handy fixtures, uh, away in Paris against the Minnows of France and then a home against the Dutch uh, in the Aviva on Monday or Tuesday, is it? Or Thursday is France and it's... Sunday. Sunday. Wow, Sunday, Sunday at the Aviva. Uh, uh, so, come here. The squad's been picked. Uh, big games ahead. We are hearing news. It's been unconfirmed that the uh, the Irish Erling Haaland is now out of the squad. Really? It's confirmed. It's confirmed. Oh, my God. He's out of the squad, injured. And Now, come here. With the tinfoil hat on that I have, right? He only needs one more game competitive. 
to rule out any possibility of him him going to England. I didn't see an injury against Newcastle. Now, it could have picked... I know injuries flared up after games as well. Now, it's said that he was tested by the Irish medical team and they deemed him unfit for the two games which are coming up. It's a massive blow. Yeah, it's, well, especially coming off the back of what he just did as well uh, over the weekend. He did come off early. Mm-hmm. Whether there was a niggle there or a muscle issue or a muscle problem, we don't know, obviously. That or was it to get his round of applause? You know, when people call yeah, score possibly, yeah, yeah, because yeah. as you see, he didn't look injured coming yeah, off. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it's not one of those situations where it's the club have ruled him out. Yeah. The Irish medics have looked at him um, and they've seen for themselves. So it is, it's mad. And again, it goes back to Stephen Kenny in terms of the look, oh. you know what I mean? And all the different things that have gone against him. And here we are facing into two of the toughest games you could ever imagine in a week in terms of an international uh, window. And now we're without the Irish Haaland. Yeah, so, but it's it's going to Stephen Kenny there, um, Alan. You mentioned um, you mentioned him, and he, like he has had a lot of bad luck. But you know, eventually you have to start producing results. Yeah, you have to start yeah. getting points. And to qualify for groups, you have to win big games. Mm. Like we have to be going into these two games. I know they're massive matches against difficult opponents. France, for God's sake, in Paris, like nobody heard they ever wins there. Um, and we've Holland at home. But what's What's, what should we be expecting from these two games? I, like, I'm thinking there has to be at least three points from those two games. I think we should... I know France, anything we get in France is a bonus now at this stage, but we should be targeting the Dutch and, 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 and trying to beat them. Yeah, 100%. And like that's what I'm saying about, obviously, I mentioned the look in terms of missing... The, obviously, young Ferguson is going to miss out the game, but um, just from a point of view of the bigger picture stuff and where Stephen's at in, in his tenure as the Ireland manager... The luck is gonna. That's gone now. You can't be. We can, we gave him all that in the first what, year, two years, and I was the one that was very much sticking up for him in terms of the COVID issues and injuries and all the things that did go against him. And for valid reasons, it wasn't just we were making these things up. They were all very valid reasons as to why maybe we weren't getting results. We're at the stage now, Eric. Whereas this is fourth campaign if you include the Nations League, and if we go out, which it's looking like, with a whimper. But not even with a whimper, but if we go out even with a, with a moral victory and we lose 1-0 and play a great in France, it's still a loss and it's yeah. going to go down as uh, a loss and we won't have any more points in the group and then you're going into the Netherlands on Sunday and if we were to play amazingly well and hit the post and hit the bar and the keeper pull off 20 great saves but we lose 1-0, it's still a loss. And I think that's where we're at the stage with Stephen now. I would worry in terms of the campaign because if we do suffer a defeat or, and a draw and it's only one point and we feel as though we're out of the group already at this stage... I think it could be the end for Stephen. I really do. Really do. You yeah. think like his tenure will be cut short? Not cut short. Maybe off the weekend. I'd say he might see out. Just the won't campaign. renew it. Exactly. Won't renew it then because we're we're at the stage now. And I was his biggest fan. You know that Eric wanted him to do well, like so many people. And the worry I have and the fear I have is if that does transpire that the next manager in will reap the rewards of the good work that Stephen has done in terms of bringing the young players through. And that will be unfortunate. But we can't keep saying after every campaign. Oh well, it's the next one that we're aiming towards, and and th- that's that's ten more caps those young players have got, and now we're going to be great in the next campaign. And as much as it pains me to say that, but I think if we if we, as I say, a point out of six or, without, even without predicting points, if we feel next Monday that we're out of the campaign, we have no chance of qualifying. You'll see out the last couple of games, and I think that could be it. 
Yeah, not to put you on the spot, Albert. I am putting you on the spot. Is there any anyone out there who you would look look at and think maybe could take over? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's very hard, uh, I suppose, and that might help Stephen at the moment because when we do look out there, we're kind of saying, well, who, who is there? I know there was a lot of talk about Lee Carsley, um, obviously very highly regarded, won the tournament with the under twenty ones as well. Um, and Vera Pell, Vera Pell hasn't got a job. Vera Pell, there you go. She might be in the mix, but. Um, yeah, it's hard to know, and and I don't want this to happen. No, or, of course you know, not. Absolutely, uh, I certainly don't, and I hope it doesn't. I hope we beat France and we beat the Netherlands. And who, if we were to do that, imagine the imagine feeling. the buzz. Yeah, and and the France one, I don't think we win. The Netherlands, you're right. We should be targeting them, and we definitely can pick up points off them. Potentially a victory as well. Um, and so would you would you would you say there's absolutely no chance of getting anything out of the match against France and Paris? A draw would be the best I could see. Okay, okay. Yeah. Because obviously ha- we would have to play. The game of our lives, really. Yeah. Now we played great, um, obviously in the home fixture, and we could have got a draw with the save at the end for mine on, and uh, it was a brilliant save. But like you're going in against, like look at the players that they have and all away from home as yeah. well. Um, it's so going to be such a tough ask. With that omission that we've just heard with the breaking news and the, uh, the, the, that he's out injured, who would you see maybe who could play yeah, up top? I don't know actually, Eric. I really don't. You really put me on the spot because this is just after happening. Ogbeni, I always felt, does better on the right. He he has played a centre-forward. Would he throw him up centre-forward? I don't know. Um, is Obafemi injured? Is he, is, is, is he injured or is he in the really squad? It's really hard to know. Like who, He's not in the squad, now. Connolly's obviously in the squad. Would he start him in a massive game like that? We don't know. Um, it's just such a headache now for Stephen as well and such a blow because he would have already had in his mind his team selection before the lads even met up. And a game plan. Yeah, absolutely yeah. a game plan. Um, and he would have been targeting this in terms of no, like he, Stephen, and and this is the beauty of Stephen. Stephen will think we can go over there and win. Oh yeah, and that's the way he has to think, mm-hmm. right? Um, every manager, that's the way you have to think. And as I say, he would have been already hatching a plan over the last two, three, four weeks, even long ago, about how we can obviously go over there and get a victory. But I very much believe if we were going to get that, the Irish Haaland would have been in his thoughts and in the team. Yeah, you know it's difficult now, work. The the, the, there's obviously another problem as well. A rifle, uh, Matt Doherty suspended mm. for the first game. He'd be back for the Dutch game. But I mean, our options for Roy Fall. Seamus injured. Seamus injured. We got the the, the young kid from Udinese, Festi Obaselli, has been named in his first squad. I wonder is it too big of a match for him to come in and make his debut? Um, we've he got won't three start. left backs. Yeah, he won't start. Um, I think he'll play O'Shea right wing back, and he bring Duffy into the team. That's what I'm predicting. You think Duffy will come into the team? I think yeah? he will. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, has been called in. I think Egan is out as well. He's he's doubtful anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Nathan Collins. So you can pick three from four there at the back. Um, who were very good, all of them. I think Duffy will come into the team. He's had, he's been rejuvenated at Norwich. He's done very, very well. And that frees up O'Shea, who's played right wing back. Um, I think, and purely with only one thing in mind to stop Mbappe. He will be given instruction, nothing to do with going forward and creating chances down the right hand. Like you think of Seamus in the last game, obviously, and Ogbeni done such a brilliant job over there. Um, so I think that's what he'll probably do and just try and stifle him on that side. And maybe if we are to get up the left-hand side, where we created a bit of joy. I think Doherty played wing-back in yeah. the last game against France and got a bit of joy down that side. Um, so I think that's what he'll do. Uh, with maybe Manning could play a left wing-back who's had a good start to the season as well. Enda Stevens is in the squad. James McLean, but I think he might go with Manning over there. What will Manning bring to the team, do you think, Al? I think he brings a bit of quality. Yeah? Yeah, I think he has good quality, Man- Manning. Um, we've seen that... Various times, obviously, in the Swansea career, since he's gone into Southampton, the manager there, Russell Martin, obviously has worked closely with him, has brought him straight with him uh, to Southampton as well. And I think he does have lots of quality, Manning. The problem is, defensively, would you worry about him maybe against the French? Possibly. Um, 
But I think if we are to get a result, there has to come a time where you have to free up one side of the pitch. If you're obviously looking at Mbappe over there and us doubling up on him and basically sacrificing the fact that we won't have anyone getting forward or overlapping or creating chances and exposing us on that side, you have to then say, well, it's the other side that's gonna that we're going to may- maybe free up and, and allow him that freedom to get up the pitch and try and get crosses or chances created or whatever. Um, and I think he brings that, to be fair. He's very good on the ball, attacking-wise. He loves to attack. So I think he will bring that. I think he'll be a good addition, Manning. Yeah. I, I, can you give us a prediction then? <laughs> Against France? Yeah. Let's start off with France. And I know then that would obviously have an obvious effect on... The Dutch game. What yeah. happens on on, on uh, yeah. Thursday? I, I like. I don't. I. I'm not sure it'll have a detrimental effect because I don't think people's given us a chance. Yeah. So if we were to lose one nil or two nil, I don't think the players would be coming away with their heads down and thinking, you know, like oh. Going into the game because yeah, it, deflated, they, yeah, they're still fancy having a right yeah, go to Dutch. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, because if you look at France, who obviously have won four out of four already, so they're they're uh, going to win it anyway. Yeah, and they're yeah. they're already creating that gap in the group. So I think Stephen will be aware of that it's the Greece games and the Netherlands are going to define where we finish. And I think Stephen, even though it'll be one game at a time, as the old cliche goes, and he'll focus heavily on France and they have all the prep and all the homework and all the plan done in terms of how we can go about beating them he'll still have an idea in his head that that's the one we're targeting to get the three points. Okay. So I would lo- I, I have no issues whatsoever if we were to lose 1-0, 2-0. I don't see it. Look, the best way of saying it, I don't see us getting any points in, in France. Paris, right. But target the one on Sunday and really go after that. And yeah, we could get three points yeah. uh, against Which kind of keeps us, keeps us in it. Yeah, and I'd love to see that, as I say, for Stephen. I really want to see a big night in the Aviva and if we were to beat one of the top teams and give him a bit of hope. He deserves that, you know. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that's the case, Eric. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, if France beat us, which, you know, they're overwhelming favourites to do, the hope from the Irish fans and team is that they win every single one of the matches in the group and, you know, maximum points. So yeah. then there is a, a free-for-all for that second spot, like, you know what I mean? The Greece um, one was the killer, you yeah, know. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. But we have them at home as well. We can rectify that, yeah. like, you know, and and we do pick up but points against the But to rectify that, you have to beat Netherlands as yeah, well, I think, yeah, you know. Yeah, true, so. true. Anyway, so there we go. Finishing on an optimistic note. <laughs> Ireland against uh, France. Uh, Ireland against Holland. Double header coming up. Next week, we will know the results. Um, hopefully, we'll be uh, Irish eyes will be smiling. You never know. In Stephen Kenny, we still believe in you. One last push, Stephen. Let's go. That has been episode 24 of House of Football with William Hill and Sports Joe. I've been Eric Lawler. A huge thanks to my guest and good pal, Alan Colley. Al, thanks Pleasure. again for Loved coming it, Eric. in. Thank you. And we'll see you all again next week. Same time. You know the story. Share, like and subscribe. You've been listening to House of Football, brought to you by Sports Joe and William Hill.